0: Welcome to our WTMJ Packers flagship podcast extra, Behind Enemy Lines in Detroit. I'm Jay Sorge from the Packers Radio Network. I am the only person that you'll be hearing from today who has never lived in or was never born in Detroit. And we're (laughs) going to give a bit of the, uh, the look at the Packers Lions series through the other side's eyes, from the history of the matchup, the culture of the rivalry in their eyes, A look at Detroit as a place as well, a very interesting human story with what's been going on there as well as the history of the city, as well as a bit of a travelogue for you Packers fans that are going to be taking the trip for the New Year's Eve showdown to end the regular season at Ford Field in Detroit. Later, we'll be joined by today's TMJ4's Lauren Winfrey. But now, we are joined by two others who call themselves native Detroiters. KTI Country's own Hall of Fame voice, Karen Delessandro. Hello. And from Detroit on the line, longtime news anchor at Scripps sister station WXYZ Channel Seven. By the way, a country musician in his own right, Stephen Clark. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the line with us.
1: Hey, I love this. This, this is great. I, I haven't gotten to Green Bay yet, so this is kind of I'm almost there.
0: Oh, uh, we will. Uh, we will give you an experience next time. You can take the drive over and enjoy. But first thing, we'll start with you, Karen. What does the Packers-Lions rivalry conjure up in memory for you?
2: In memory. I, this You know what I think of Thanksgiving Day? And growing up in Detroit, your dinner is, I mean, everything is surrounds the, the game. Like, nothing interrupts the game. I just remember no one bothered my dad, my brother, <laughs> because it was all about the game. And then, you know, our dinners were always around it. Um, but... You know, it's it's funny because coming here to Wisconsin, I jumped. You know, I just I love, fell in love with my Packers, and so now I guess the Lions and Michigan fans probably are not happy
0: with me. <laughs> Stephen, you've lived in Detroit for sixteen years, so you, you can speak to it as someone who came into um, the Lions' lair, if you will, and can understand not just what the rivalry means, but like Karen was talking about Thanksgiving Day. That's such a tradition in that city, and not just the game, but like the parade that surrounds it, and so much else.
1: It's a really, really cool time. And I remember as a, as a kid growing up watching the games out of Detroit on Thanksgiving and I never imagined that someday I'd be living in the city. So I, I, if I can get to no other game during the course of a season, it's a Thanksgiving game. I'll make every effort to get to because it's a, it's a great time. And of course, I, I think back to all those great, uh, Lions Super Bowl wins over the Packers. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a second.
0: Oh man. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Now now they played about 25 times or so on Thanksgiving Day. I right. have argued. I will argue always that if there's some way that the NFL can schedule that game every single year in Detroit, it is such tradition do that. Now of course I would I believe that they ought to have a bye week beforehand so that they're not all always on just 3 days rest with that contest, but yes, that is such tradition on Thanksgiving morning. And I know that you go back to the 1962 game with An undefeated Packers team going into Detroit, going into old Tiger Stadium and getting crushed by Alex Karras and company. And (laughs) so many contests, of course, on the Packers side, the happier one, 1986 Thanksgiving Day with Walter Stanley. But this rivalry in itself, and I I, want to get both your thoughts. Karen, we'll start with you on, since you were on the other side of it, facing the Packers so many times. Getting defeated in so many key games—is is it so, just sort of like, do we have to endure this again? Is, is that what the, the view of, of the Lions? <laughs> oh yeah,
2: is? they're in agony, pain and agony as a Lions fan. And I can remember back when Wayne Fonts was was you know the coach and, and mm-hmm. was you know people yelling, chanting, Fonts must go. They were so miserable with him, and, uh, and I think that agony still continues for Lions fans. Is it's... it that way Well, <laughs> you?
1: Well, we have a lot of agonies. <laughs> That, that is perhaps one. You know, when you have a team, when our, our, our current running game depends on Barry Sanders, you know you got a problem.
0: Oh boy. Yeah.
1: And that's where we are. I mean, the agony is on so many levels. Just when we think the Lions, like this season, the Lions are doing so great.
2: Yeah.
1: And then suddenly we just have this midseason fold. You know, but this is so, right here on this is some Lions.
2: It, that's what my husband says. In fact, you should yeah. look at his Facebook feed. He he is he has like dead lions hanging. In. Why do I believe still? But he, you know what? They still they're hardcore there, and uh, and they love their lions even though they endure the the pain of it all.
1: Well, for instance, last uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had the Silver Dome. You know, which is the home of the lions for so many yep.
0: years. <laughs> and so they, they imploded
1: the Silver Dome. The Silver Dome refused Ta-da. to go down. <laughs> so so instead. That day, the Lions went down. The Lions imploded because the silver Dome wouldn't.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: That's that's that is what that is so absolutely Detroit Lions. Right and, that, there.
2: and that video is is amazing. <laughs> Watching the Silverdome, I went, man, it just won't die. Where's the kaboom? It, it, it was
0: supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom like Marvin Martian on the uh, Looney Tunes.
1: Yeah, exactly. We, everybody just stood there looking at this, saying, "Okay, now
0: what?" <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, but again, s-
1: that was just. I mean, if you're a Lions fan, there was. I've got to tell you, it's the first time I've ever seen something like that fail that nobody was surprised
0: Oh, my god!
2: <laughs> and unfortunately, I never got to a game at the Silverdome. The games that I attended w- happened after Fort Field was opened, and that was always right. Packers-Lions for Thanksgiving because we'd come back to see my family and, and my husband's right. family. And I will say that's a gorgeous, gorgeous stadium uh, downtown. Detroit. Oh, and I,
1: and I, think, you know, I think the Green Bay fans who are going to come here uh, for this final game of the season are going to find that to be a beautiful thing. I, I started here in this town the year that Ford Field opened. So, again, I, I also never got to see a game in the Silverdome. But its it really is an experience. And plus, I don't know if you know this, uh, but but Ford Field has a roof on it. Yes. Uh, so yes. when, you're playing, when you're playing a game in the late of winter, it's actually kind of a pleasurable kind of thing. I know you guys won't understand that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we, we have 15 layers on when we're at the Lambeau Field.
1: Yeah, no, we have like 79 degrees of, of total air.
0: Condition bliss. Does each seat there at Ford Field have about five coat hangers? Because you need that to take care of all the layers that we're used to wearing.
1: Um, I, I don't. I have a, I think we just sit there in our seats with our coats on. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care at seventy nine. When you're a Lions fan, you actually want the padding more than anything. Yeah.
2: You know what's funny is watching. Unfortunately, you can't tailgate at Ford Field because you're in the city. But I'll tell you, the Lions fans pull out all the stops with their their outfits and and they deck out just like Packer fans do with their cheese heads. You know? Oh yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And plus, there's plenty of tailgating going on. There's Eastern Market.
0: I was just going to oh, say. Oh, away. they're they, doing they, that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they provide bus service and everything, so you can go park at Eastern Market and tailgate uh, as, as much as you want, then you get on a bus, and they take you right to the, the front door where you can walk a few blocks.
0: For those that don't know Eastern Market, I actually had a chance to travel to Detroit a couple of years ago, uh, taking our son to a uh, Brewers-Tigers game, the biggest baseball addict on the planet, and we had a chance to check out Eastern Market a little bit, and it is basically the biggest open market type of food experience i've ever seen in my life it is such an attraction especially in an area that had been a challenged area of detroit and they've stepped up their game there
1: well even even the the times when it was challenged when things weren't all that bright and and rosy in, in detroit which i've actually seen in the 16 years i've lived here it was it was a little tense but uh that area just always seemed to be like a you know, a, uh, a, a tension-free zone. So it, it's been great. It's got a bunch of those outdoor farmer market kind of yeah. sheds and a bunch of indoor restaurants. And, I mean, it's a cool place, a lot of parking. And then, of course, we have the new District Detroit, which is where the uh, Red Wings' new home is, the Little uh, Caesars, what do we call it, the Little Caesars Arena. LCA. The pizza nobody calls it that the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know what to call it. It's new. Yeah, but that, anyway, they've I... got a ton of parking there, too, which is uh, people are tailgating there now for four games
2: didn't realize that. In Eastern Market, you're right, would bring people in from the suburbs. People would come in. I had friends whose moms and dads had, like, little vendor stands there back when I was, you know, in my 20s living there. So that area has always sort of been, like you're, you're saying, Steve, pretty, pretty safe and pretty comfortable, at least for people. Um, and, and, and nowadays,
1: I mean, you know, the whole area around Fort Field is great, you know, so... Yeah, don't worry. There will be tailgating. Trust me, there will be tailgating, and uh, there will be brats to be had.
2: Yes, <laughs> and you know what? And you should get into Greektown. If you're going to go to Detroit, uh-huh. you should get to Greektown for one or two good opas.
0: I am such a fan of Nicky's and the Golden Fleece down there. You got a favorite there? Um...
1: I can't even, I just, I just kind of graze when I go down. There. <laughs>
0: Parthenon. You can. Parthenon, yeah, Parthenon awesome. is Parthenon a
1: good place, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it got confusing because I took the Greek Town Casino and moved a little way, you know, so it's, it's the whole area is just a little spread out now, but uh, actually, that's a good thing. You, you can move around a whole lot through the whole downtown area now, and, and trust me, you will feel safe, you will mm-hmm. feel energized. Uh, it, it's just a remarkable turnaround as far as cities go. So I would highly recommend it just get yourself in the middle of town and just start
0: walking around. Plus, you can park anywhere downtown and take what we use, the People Mover, and you can park it in, in any downtown lot, I would imagine, and get real close to Ford Field for the game.
1: I get dizzy on the People Mover. It just goes around oh. in of circles. It's mm-hmm. a train that just goes in big circles.
2: Yeah, it's like what you imagine at uh, Disney World, only it just goes in a circle <laughs> <laughs> instead of stopping it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a Disney World ride.
0: And now, since we're talking about Detroit downtown, we're here with Stephen Clark from WXYZ-TV Channel 7, our sister station from Scripps in Detroit, and... Hall of Fame broadcaster Karen D'Alessandro from across the hall over at KTI Country here on our WTMJ Packers flagship podcast. Talking about downtown Detroit, I have to ask the question from the two of you. Coney dogs in Detroit are a staple. Yes,
3: yes. It, is,
0: it is the hot dog with mustard, onions, and chili. There are two neighboring spots in downtown Detroit that you could go to perhaps in the morning before you go to the game and take the people mover over there. park nearby. American and Lafayette. Which yes. do you prefer?
1: Well, let me tell you, there have been, there have been divorces uh, caused over this question. Oh my God. There have yeah. been families divided over this question. There are parents who won't talk to their children because of the answer to this question. Oh my God. You are either a Lafayette or you're an American. Which one are you? I, I don't answer the question because I'm on television. <laughs> I can't afford to have things because I would I would lose immediately. Half of my audience would immediately decide they don't like me.
2: You know these places, though. Let us just tell you about them. You can get an amazing meal uh, fast. Inexpensive, and you will never forget this meal. I mean, I've taken pictures and posted them on social media yeah, yeah. because out in the suburbs, there's also Kirby's and National, and you may even see but, those in the city too. Uh, but the two you're speaking of, Jay, are the yeah. most popular. But uh, they're great. I mean, if you're as a Detroiter, you're in these all the time. But if you're out of town, you should at least stop and try a Detroit Coney dog.
1: Yeah, although I got to tell you, I, having moved here from New York City, and I saw this Coney thing, and I went in there, and it's, if you're a New Yorker, this is not anything like you ever expect a Coney to be. <laughs> no. It's a very Detroit thing. I don't know how it, called, it got called a Coney at some time in history, but it, it is. And I have learned to embrace that just as I have learned to embrace the Lions, win, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> lose,
0: or draw. Well, well, forgive you for that uh, in, in Packers Nation with that little W word there. And
2: yet their quarterback oh, yeah. is like the highest-paid quarterback in the league, is he not?
0: Yes.
1: Well, he is. He's he the highest-paid right po- player in football. Of all the football, in the history of the NFL, Matthew Stafford is the highest paid. Wild. And I think he deserves that for two reasons. One is he is a great quarterback. And two, he takes a beating every week. And I think they're just paying him for that taking that beating as much as anything. Anyway.
0: <laughs> he will last for in that position until, let's just say, at least this offseason. I imagine Aaron Rodgers could ask for the moon and get it with the kind of money Stafford's making.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that he will set a bar. You know, when people ask that question about Stafford, they say, why is he worth that much? And I say, well... You know, you, if you look at his stats and you realize how good he is, and then you look at how, you know, the, the, the bad stats, which aren't really his responsibility things like rushed passes, sacks, and things like that, that he doesn't have a lot of say over. Also, a horrible stat, but he still managed to be, you know, his passing yardage and all of that is an amazing stat. So you just wonder if, if they somehow managed to get a front line that, that would, an offensive line that would protect him for a little while. And maybe if you had a running game that would take a little of the heat off him for a while, you wonder how good he'd be.
0: What has caused the malaise? I'll, I'll first ask you this, uh, Stephen. What has caused this decades-long malaise when it comes to the Detroit Lions as an overall franchise? Uh, the first thing that I would think of would be the Ford family ownership because they won't last Won the title in 57 and the Fords bought it in 58. But is that the case?
1: I you know I I don't know cuz I I don't know enough about how owners will affect the team. I mean I don't know if they have day-to-day effect on a team. There's the team keeps getting great personnel. Uh we have had like a hodgepodge of good and bad coaching. I mean I suppose that's a problem. I think it it boils down to the lack of cheerleaders. <laughs> we didn't have any We had no cheerleaders here until until last year and we finally got cheerleaders and the first cheer they learned was We'll get them next year.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I <laughs> oh
1: just—I'm thinking this may be our problem. But we didn't have cheerleaders, so now we have them. We have cheerleaders now. And seriously, I don't know what the problem is. And, and trust me, this is a, this is a question we ask every year because again, they keep getting. I mean, you got a guy like Calvin Johnson, phenomenal. Uh, then something goes wrong and he's gone. You got a, you got an Andomik and Sue, phenomenal, uh, and something goes wrong and he's gone. You have a Barry Sanders having like this record you know career going on and then he's gone before it's even peaked so you sit there and say I mean what is it about the organization what is it about the alignment of the stars I mean we don't know what it is we wish whatever it was it would change though because every time we start getting close where we taste that that little thrill of victory it, it just yanked away from us again and that's Right, Karen? That's what it's like to be a Lions fan.
2: That's what I watch from my husband every single week when he's <laughs> yeah. at home. He's just he, – and then I'm jumping around because typically our Packers come out looking pretty good every season. Well, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Hey, by the way, you, you, I just want to also add, when you're at Ford Field, you should try Elias Brothers Big Boys. I was
0: just going to ask. Yes. What do we? Yes. What should we eat at Ford Field?
2: That you know, I was thrilled to see there was one because they closed a lot of these locations around town. When I grew up, they were on every corner, and so they actually have one in one of the concourses there. Wow. Yeah, it's really good.
1: I'm trying to find. I, actually, I have to. I'm gonna have to Google this here because I can't remember what this thing's called. It's like this massive thing. It's bigger than your head.
2: The and, slim? Are you talking about the Slim Jim?
1: Yeah, maybe it's a slim jim. Is that what that thing They're is? They're so
2: good. Yeah, those slim jims are it's awesome. Huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you tell?
1: I avoid these things because I, I can't. I can't take the dirty look from my wife. But. <laughs> Man, I tell you these. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to see if I can find this. So, so keep talking. I'm going
0: to do a little research on the <laughs> menu here at Fort Field here. Nice. I was even what going to m- mention, uh, ask the question too which are the places at Ford Field where you can get the Coney Dogs? Is it one of the big chains? I'm, I know that National, for example, they're at the airport. They're yeah. At a, yeah. Yes. International you, yes. Airport.
2: You can get them at Metro. Yeah. Uh, National. That's a good question, but I'm sure there's a Coney. There's got to be a handful of them at Ford Field.
0: The other thing that I, yeah. I remember when it comes to uh, Detroit food when I traveled there is Detroit style pizza. You have your yeah. own style of pizza. Mm-hmm. And I love the story about how. It was formed from there being these tins that were from all the manufacturers in town that did World War II parts. And, and they were these oh, yeah, yeah. pizza-sized tins where, it, you know, we need something to do with it. Let's make deep-dish pizza out of mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and, and you have this particular style. It's almost like Chicago style, yet it's re- rectangular and it's world-class. It's a yeah. No, it's actually pizza. it's
1: good. Uh, there's a Buddy's Pizza. I think Buddy's. I think oh, has a
2: Buddy's yeah, is Buddy's awesome in Farmington Hills area.
1: I, yeah, exactly. No, I think Buddy's. Um, I can't remember if they've got a place inside Portfield this year. You know, they changed some of the offerings over the years, so I lose track because I, I, as much as I eat, I can't eat all of it. My gosh! But I'm looking. Uh, I'm trying to find this. I'm trying to find this thing I was thinking about. I think It was a Slim Jim, but it was huge.
0: Oh man. This is the WTMJ Packers flagship podcast. We are with Karen Delessandra of KTI Country and Stephen Clark from WXYZ TV in Detroit, our sister Scripps station out there, Channel Seven. And wh- while you're looking that up, I did want to get into one of the things that is that makes the Lions unique in that place. And we've talked, and this may be a little bit more serious subject. Detroit and Milwaukee have a lot of similarities in being some of the most segregated cities in America, and I think yeah. there are sometimes challenges for finding communal experiences in each of these cities. The Lions are one of them. And I'll know i start with you, Karen. From your experience going to games, it's one of the places where you see people from all different backgrounds Mm -hmm. coming together because even if it's a particular stranger that you've never seen before sitting right next to you, in the case of the Lions, if you're a Lions fan, you'll high-five them no matter what their background is. Uh, Racial, political religious, what have you.
2: Yeah, it's true. There's a bond among Lions fans. It's a really tight bond. And everyone is everyone is just everybody's best friend because they're all kind of in this. They have the passion for the team. And uh, it's just a commonality that everybody has in that town.
0: How accurate is, is that, Stephen? Well,
1: I think it's very accurate. I, I think the thing I found out, uh, when I came here uh, to this town 16 years ago, I, I, I'm not really exaggerating when I say I drove downtown and saw Tumbleweed. Wow! This really was the the scene of downtown Detroit 16 years ago. But on a Sunday at Ford Field, suddenly you'd see all these suburbanites who had never, they haven't set foot in Detroit since the 60s. And the only reason they would come into town is to go to a Lions game. And so without a lot of hyperbole here, I think the Lions, in a way, brought, some of these suburbanites back into the city to at least sample this this moment in time, and everybody had a great time, I mean even though we, we generally lose because we've done it for so long, we had a great time together. And I think that has been part of this renaissance of Detroit of getting that the Tiger Stadium to get Ford Field and now to get the, the the new little Caesars arena for both the Pistons get them back into the city. And uh, the Red Wings the Red all now are within a very small four or five block area. And I think that has become this center that is, has kind of dragged people back into the city and they're realizing that you know, hey, this isn't a bad place at all.
2: Yeah, are coming
1: from all over the place.
2: Such a long period of time where there was like you're describing, Stephen, just this black hole of a city. Now my parents would tell you about the time prior to that where they functioned in the city, they worked in the city. My mom worked for Hudson's. Remember yeah. Hudson's? Yeah. And oh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and I worked shortly in radio down there at a W four back then at that country station at the time. Yep. Um you know, it was just it was it was a shame to see that city go the way it went. And then to see Now, you know, all this influx, it's so nice as a former Detroiter to see that, because it's such a great town. It just needed an infusion of something.
1: Yeah, they just broke ground on it. You talk about the Hudson's building. They finally took down the last little remnant of the Hudson building that was demolished, I think, 20 years ago. They took down the last little remnant and broke ground today on a new skyscraper. It's going to be a billion-dollar development right in the heart of Detroit. I mean... There's a, there's, a, there's a guy named Dan Gilbert, who, if you are a basketball fan, you know who he is. He's the guy that owns the Cleveland Cavaliers. But he's also the biggest developer in Detroit. And he, you know, we're going to change the name of the city to Gilbertville, I think, because he's, he now owns so much of it, but he's been so good about taking these old buildings, preserving them, getting people back in them, getting people downtown. And so you ask about coming to Detroit, you know, if you're a fan from Green Bay and you want to kind of sample the city. Man, it it, it is so energetic, just the young people that have moved into the city Mm -hmm. because they realize you could buy an entire building for something like $20,000, renovate it, you know, put a business on the ground floor, put apartments on the second floor, put your own uh, apartment on the third floor. And and these young people are just flocking to the city. They're bringing with them these great breweries, these great uh, Mm -hmm. restaurants, these great uh, boutiques, uh, and it's just so energetic now and full of all these these young people that have come here from other places, which have made it a nice place for people from from the city that used to be from the city to come back in and see what's happened. And people are just constantly amazed at, at the, the rebirth of this city.
0: I had a great conversation when we were in Detroit with a, another musician out there. Her name's Audra Kubat. And uh, we actually had a chance to grab lunch right in front of the old Michigan Central Station which for, for those of you that love to look at old architecture, it, it's this incredible scene of this 18-story tower that used to be the train station there that no longer has much. But yet, it, it, it's this weird, almost discrepancy of, of, of a situation because it's in the Corktown neighborhood of Detroit, right by the old Tiger Stadium, right. that is a, a, another one of those neighborhoods that's on the way up. You talk about... Uh, for you fans, Packers fans that want to check out some barbecue, Slow's Barbecue. Slow's Barbecue. Oh yeah, my! Lord. As
1: a matter of fact, that's—I was about to say—that's probably worth more if you could see the train station.
0: Absolutely. And she yeah, was great barbecue. And her experience too was so reflective of the, the really organic changes that people are making there. People taking it upon themselves, saying, "I want to help out this place that's been yeah. through so much." Yeah. You're seeing it a lot here in Milwaukee as well with some of the rebirth that we've had. But in Detroit, you're seeing that on steroids.
2: Yeah, well, because they had, I think, so much more to go back in Detroit. There was so much more that had to be done. And it's so cool to see people care about that city. For some reason, it doesn't matter what generation, they want to see Detroit succeed. I have cousins in their 20s, like you're saying, Stephen, that are living in lofts downtown. And when I heard that, you know, when I left, you didn't live in lofts down in the city. And now that's happening. And it's so cool to see that because it is such a great place. It really is. Also, you should go to, since you're talking music here, Jay, the Motel. museum is yes. on grand boulevard yeah do not miss that if you are going to motown you should probably pop in there it's really cool
1: yeah it's cool now jay you're talking about the train station interestingly enough that's one of those buildings that is coming back to life again it's actually owned by the maroon family uh great name of this town they own the bridge to canada i mean when no. i got here was blown away that people own the bridge it's not like a bridge it's they own the, these people own the bridge and they also own the train station. And now just in the last couple of years, they've installed brand new windows of the building to finally get it sealed up and keep the elements out. And they actually held a big, big, big party there a couple of months ago where they had it all decked out. And so that's kind of the first step in, in showing that they're going to renovate that.
2: That's awesome. And it'll
1: become apartments, stores, restaurants, and it'll be the whole bottle of wax. And it is just such a beautiful architectural building. And it's going to just anchor that, that far end of what we call Corktown. It's called Corktown because they grew cork trees and made corks
0: for one again this is another symbolism of the birth of a city a rebirth of detroit which which is such an amazing amazing story that would, I, I definitely encourage packers fans who may be like detroit what, why would i want to go there for a game no, no. go, come, go. Come Yeah,
1: it's and, fun as a matter of fact bring a lot of money and leave it here
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. trust me they do <laughs> all over the country they may make your stadium green and gold for at least half of it but they will spend and help your economy I promise that. Okay, now
1: We, we, we can't guarantee we'll let you win for it,
0: but we'll give you a good game. <laughs> now, this December 31st game, by the way, it's really interesting that it's on the same day, and Karen, you were mentioning this, that they always have a New Year's Eve Detroit Red Wings game, and which happens to be on the same day here. And you were actually going to be flying into Detroit that night. And you were thinking about, hey, can we get Red Wings tickets? Yeah,
2: I was, and when I asked right away. Well, what time is the Packer game? And you were saying that could fluctuate. Not sure I'd make it in time, but the fact that both those events are going on at the same time, Stephen, that downtown is just going to be rocking. It's going to be a blast. Oh yeah,
1: well we've had, you know, we've had events since Tiger Stadium and Ford Field are literally a uh, stone's throw from each other. We've had, you know, big Monday night football games on the same night the Tigers were playing, you know, like in October. Yeah. And it was just that the energy in that town was incredible. And then if you take a look at the, at the restaurants and the bars and things that have all sprung around uh, this big complex, now you add just a couple blocks down the street, the Red Wings. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting. There's got to be a night someplace in the history of sports we're going to have an event at all three places wouldn't at
2: that, one time. That'd be oh crazy. God. And Hockey Town would be packed. You will not even be able to get into it. I'd be, that's, yep. that's fun.
0: Hope for a Tigers World Series uh, run to happen because that's when all four sports, all four exactly. American major sports, play at the at the very same time, so that's not. Out I of the can guarantee
1: you. I guarantee if that happened, the Pistons will play that night because they now share an arena. <laughs>
0: well, that is true. That is true. Stephen Clark, what's the last thing you think Packers fans should know when they come to Detroit for this game?
1: Well, I I think you need to remember something very very important, and that is uh, the last game we played you. I think you need to remember <laughs> that because as as Karen will val- validate here in the Lions' world. We always have hope. So, therefore, we, we are pretty sure we're going to
0: win. Sure. <laughs> no, 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 not A sure. Long, short.
1: Pretty, pretty sure. You we're know, pretty sure we're going to win this thing.
2: You're going if hope, you go in with the hope. you got to keep yeah, the faith, and we, right?
1: And, and if we don't, there's always next year.
0: By far. <laughs> By far.
2: Packer fans, you're going to love it. Trust me. Having lived in both cities for great lengths of time, uh, it is a fun, fun town. And the people are great. Detroiters are really good people. They're blue-collar workers, and they're just a great group of
0: people. So enjoy. It is much like Milwaukee, much like Wisconsin. Yeah, And I was going to say, if you're bringing it
1: you your younger people, if you're not quite 21 yet, Don't worry about it. You can drive across to Windsor. They're drinking ages 19.
2: Hello. Did this as I was growing up, Stephen? You you got it. That was even (laughs) happening in my generation. It's a fun time, too.
0: Bring your passport. You you can drink.
1: Yep. Bring your passport. It takes you about 20 minutes. You're in Canada looking (laughs) right back across (laughs) to Detroit and having a drink.
0: Hello. Stephen Clark, thank you so much for joining us. Karen D'Alessons, it's always great to have you on our side of the building. Thank you both so much. Thank you.
2: Bye.
3: We're
0: back with our Packers flagship podcast extra going behind enemy lines in Detroit. And we have another Detroiter on the podcast. I'm surrounded by Detroiters, the only non Detroiter in, the, in these discussions. Today's CMJ4's Lauren Winfrey. Lauren, thank you for joining us. And I want to first get your memories growing up in Detroit on your side of the rivalry between the Packers and Lions and also what your experience was as a Lions fan growing up, your memories watching with your family on Sundays.
3: So I'll say that I wasn't so into the rivalry between the Packers and the Lions, or I didn't, maybe I just don't know that it is as big as it might be. But growing up in Detroit, uh, Detroit is just home for me. I feel like when I was younger, it got such a negative reputation and people just always ragged on Detroit. Um, But I was always so proud to say I was from there. And I still am, and I always will be. And um, when I was younger, the Lions weren't in Detroit, they were in Pontiac. So it was a little different. But now that I'm older, and when I go back home, just having the Lions playing right in Detroit, it is such an amazing experience to just be in the midst of it all when I'm able to go to games. And just all the people pouring into downtown, we now have the Lions there, the Tigers there, and the Pistons are now in downtown Detroit. So it's just really, really cool. Each time I get to go back each time I go back I'm like a tourist um, because there's so many new things, so many new restaurants and bars and just places and they have all these creative spaces now where artists and, 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 and creatives are just putting things together and it's just really really cool to go back to Detroit and I think anyone who takes a trip there um, would appreciate it.
0: Let's gi- give a picture of your Detroit. Okay, you to- you told me that you uh, before we uh, got on the air, if you will, that you grew up in the northwest side of the city. Mm-hmm. Most people that I talk to when it comes to Detroit don't even think of venturing anywhere near that neck of the woods, and just staying downtown or in the burbs, and that's it. As if there's this sort of rain this uh, this range of area that you, you don't travel in. Yeah, I had a chance to go into, into some areas that people wouldn't experience when I went there and I loved it. What's your experience of that part of the city? What's your What's your recommendation? Areas maybe that you should check out that you don't think of?
3: Well, there are a lot of great areas and a lot of areas with just these beautiful brick homes. Um, so Northwest Detroit, there's Rosedale Park, there's Shorewood Forest, um, there's Palmer Rule. Palmer Woods, uh, just a ton of nice neighborhoods with these beautiful homes. And um, there are things to do on on that side of the city as well. Um, My Detroit, I I feel like my parents kind of sheltered, um, me and my brothers. They didn't want us to see, with any urban city, there's, crime there are bad things there are things that aren't so pretty and so they did a really good job of kind of sheltering us from that but they also made sure that we did um activities extracurriculars in the city and then we went to private school so we went to school outside of the city so i always had that kind of balance and i really appreciate that as an adult because um i got to experience kind of two worlds and navigate between those two worlds um But uh, in terms of my Detroit, I think that um, unlike some children who grow up there, um, a lot of them don't go downtown. And a lot of them think that things that are happening downtown aren't for them. But I just feel like that's not true. And I wish that um, some children who may not be as fortunate. and and may not have um, access to certain resources, I do hope that they are able to partake in everything that's happening um, downtown and midtown and places like that because it's for all of us and it's especially for those people who stayed in Detroit through it all. Like, they deserve it the most. And so um, I appreciate everything that's happening down there, but I want everyone who's in Detroit to feel like they're a part of any um, innovation or renaissance that the city might be experiencing. I
0: I remember when we posted uh, the story of my son and I, and when we went on our baseball trip a few years ago, WXYZ, our Scripps sister station in Detroit, Mm -hmm. picked it up. Mm -hmm. And so many people commented when we explained that we had such a good experience in the downtown area saying, I would never go down to that part of the city. All the stereotypes of it's too dangerous. You should never take the risk for that. It's trash. I was so glad I moved out of there. Folks are missing something. And for you Packers fans traveling there, so much good downtown, midtown. I mean, some of the things that I didn't even get a chance to get to, like the Art Institute, the DIA, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: um, it's world class. I mean, pretty close to on par with the Chicago Art Institute and so many things that we did do in the downtown area. Uh, A lot were were outdoors. You wouldn't necessarily do it on December 31st uh, before a Packers game uh, out in Detroit. But there's so much good. Uh, Specifics that you'd recommend?
3: Uh, um, What's on your list? I would recommend the DIA. I would Recommend checking out the food scene there because I just feel like that has taken off. Like, I feel like there's always been good food in Detroit, but now it's just like you can get a little bit of everything. I'm really into pizza, so one of my favorite pizza places is Topino's, and that is in Eastern Market. Um Eastern Market may not be as lively during the winter months, but it is beautiful uh, in the spring and summer, and you can go there and get fresh produce and flowers and all of those things. And it's so nice to just see so many people biking and walking and in, 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 in and out of that area. Um, gosh, I don't know what else. I would just get out and explore it a little bit. Um, Downtown right now they have like an ice rink and then there's the huge tree down there so just being downtown um, is always pretty cool but then there's the new center area they have a lot of things happening over there there's also midtown like if you want a drink or whatever the case might be, uh, that's a good area to check out too. And then I think they also have a pretty good coffee scene in Detroit. So check out some of the local coffee shops because I'm I'm really into coffee. So that's that's always on my list of things to do when I visit a new city.
0: She's Lauren Winfrey from today's TMJ4. I'm Jay Sorge. This is our Packers flagship podcast, Extra Behind Enemy Lines in Detroit. For you Packers fans going out to uh, Detroit to check out the Lions game on December 31st, we're giving you a primer on that city and really seeing a lot of, in some ways, too, and I want to bring this up with you as well, the similarities between the journey of Detroit and the journey of Milwaukee. I don't think that the downturn was anywhere near as pronounced in Milwaukee as, as it was, but Milwaukee's going through a, big, a bit, bit of a renaissance right now. Detroit certainly is as well. You experienced being a Detroiter in the low points and in yeah. some of the lowest lows. Take us through what those lows were like as you were growing up what you witnessed what it felt like and what it feels like being a detroiter now to see their comeback
3: well growing up i just felt like no one wanted to be there like people were ashamed to say that they were from detroit or they wouldn't say they were from detroit they would say they were from whatever neighboring suburb um as if it made it so much better and i just always took offense to that like what's wrong i had friends who couldn't go to detroit after certain hours and which i always found ridiculous like i'm born and raised in detroit but um I just, as a kid, I always felt bad because I'm like, this is my home. But now everyone wants a stake in Detroit. Everyone wants to say that they're a Detroiter or that they're so proud of Detroit. And perhaps they are now, but there was a time when no one really was. And there was a time when I would go to places and I would say, I'm from Detroit, and people would say things like, oh, you must fall asleep to gunshots. And it's like, actually, I don't. But those are the kind of things that people would say. And um, it was tough especially being young and not really knowing how to respond to that kind of stuff.
0: Do you sense the same thing a little bit here in Milwaukee now that you've been here for a a couple of years?
3: I find Milwaukee um, really interesting. I do find similarities um, with Detroit, but I think um, it's also comparable to a Chicago in the way that it is segregated. And I feel like I noticed that and I feel like I noticed that more as um, someone who wasn't born and raised here, like as an outsider. And I've talked to other people who... um, Recently moved to Milwaukee, and they kind of noticed it too. And so, um, I do find some parallels between Detroit and Milwaukee, but um, a lot of a lot of differences too.
0: Okay, something that I would really say to anyone that, that, that's making this trip: keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Look for surprises. I remember when we were going into the Corktown neighborhood mm-hmm. um, on the Monday in which we went to go see the Brewers play the Tigers that night. We went that morning and early afternoon to the site of the old Tiger Stadium. Yeah. It was wide open, just a wide open park. And my five-year-old son and I played catch there. Yeah. Where the Brewers and Tigers played for decades, where the Packers and Lions played back in the 50s and 60s and early 70s. And we were playing catch there.
3: That's pretty cool.
0: And then they have these restaurants just a few blocks away. And I remember mentioning this with um Karen and with Stephen earlier. We were right across the street from the Michigan Central Station, that abandoned 18-story train station. And then they gave me this incredible news, Stephen especially. They're redoing it.
3: That's awesome. I They're didn't know that. On it. That's awesome.
0: But I think it's symbolic of this comeback that's happening mm-hmm. there. And I, and I feel like there are some similarities with what Milwaukee is is encountering with its comeback, particularly in the downtown area, what I hope for is that it spreads to the areas that yeah. mostly need it. Yes,
3: and I agree with that. Because I, I just feel like everyone should be included in this renaissance. Whatever resources you may or may not have, you should be a part of it. And if this is your city, you should be just as proud as anyone else to say, I live here, I'm a Milwaukeean, I'm a Detroiter, whatever the case may be, I just want everyone to have access to whatever newness is coming to these urban cities that may have been looked over, talked about, whatever the case may be. I just want everyone to be included in it.
0: Something that I would also think about when it, when it comes to a city, when it comes to a city where there's a divide, and like you mentioned, I mean, Milwaukee and Chicago have the segregation I experienced a lot of that in Detroit. I mean, you can say better than anyone how much that's the case or as you expressed. But I feel like sports is one of those things. Sports and the arts we'll are unite the people. two things that do exactly that. And the Lions are one of those collective experiences in Detroit, much like especially the Bucks
1: mm-hmm.
0: here in Milwaukee. Not saying that the Packers aren't because we all come together when we wa- when we watch Packers games. But but especially within city limits, the Lions are one of those things that people from different backgrounds will come together, regardless of whether you're black or white, whatever your religion is, whatever your, your political affiliation is, you will high-five your neighbor yeah. if your favorite team's scoring a touchdown in that game. Absolutely. Now, for fans that are taking the trip, where do you recommend maybe that they stay, certain downtown spots or other hotels that 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 you love in that area i don't know
3: i feel like i'm not as much an expert of detroit as i used to be but there are a number of beautiful hotels downtown in the downtown area and a number of them um that are being built i think shinola has a hotel opening up soon sounds right yeah and so i don't even know where to tell people to say i feel like there's just so much happening there but um Finding a place to say shouldn't shouldn't be too big of a deal. And if you can't get something right in Detroit, or if the prices are a little bit high, you can go to Southfield or Dearborn because uh, either city is pretty close.
0: But like like we, we both have mentioned, be willing to take a little bit of a risk and see the good that's there that maybe people don't think
3: of. And get on the people mover. People yes! people talk about the people mover because they think it's pointless, but it's such a cool experience. And as a kid, like that was my treat. Like. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to ride the People Mover. And yes, it goes in a circle, but it's like above downtown and you can just see all of it and just soak it all in. And then we also have uh, the Q light now, which is our uh, um, streetcar. Yep. And Until so Milwaukee's getting one of those pretty soon. So check that out, too, because that's pretty cool.
0: My five-year-old was transfixed riding the People Mover. <laughs> He's now eight, but he was five at the time. And he just wanted to keep riding that thing all yeah. the time, all day long.
3: It's cool. All I love long. it. <laughs>
0: last question uh, last series of questions I guess uh, Lauren are you a coney dog eater yes American or Lafayette or a different
3: one I would say American it's kind of a staple it's a staple (laughs) I would say American
0: I I will say that when I was directed there The director of the Green Bay Packers Radio Network, who is a Detroit native, told me I was forced to go to Lafayette. Really? I enjoyed it. I don't know what I would compare America with because I didn't go in there. Okay. But I feel like they have this strange, rival, but symbiotic, (laughs) happy relationship because you know when you talk about one, you're going to talk about the other, and the rivalry is what's bringing people in, and it helps them both.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean you have to go to Detroit and you have to get a Coney dog because that's just the Detroit thing to do. Like you have to do it no matter where you go. There are a number of Coney Island restaurants that serve them. I would recommend American, but you really can't go wrong.
0: This has been a blast, Lauren. <laughs> uh, I, I guess last, last question. Do we out you and say who you're rooting for in this game?
3: Well, I'm rooting for the lions. <laughs> Always. If, if Hometown I'll, I'll root for, you know, the Packers or the Bucks or whatever. If, they're playing a team that I don't really care for, but if they're playing the home team, gotta root for Detroit. Always. You
0: cannot take the the Michigander, the Detroiter out of the young woman in this case, I guess. (laughs) Lauren, thank you so much for joining us and giving us even a bigger picture of this really interesting place where this Packers-Lions contest is going to be happening on December 31st. We hope you tune in to Wayne Larrabee and Larry McCarron on our broadcast on 620 WTMJ and follow the game on WTMJ Mobile through our second screen, and we hope all of you have a safe and fantastic 2018. For Lauren Winfrey, for Karen D'Alessandro, for Stephen Clark, I'm Jay Sorge. This has been your Packers Flagship Podcast Extra on WTMJ Mobile.